0: welcome to the live free love life podcast where we discuss how to create more freedom so we can love our lives no matter what we're going through hello everyone welcome to today's episode of live free love life today we're going to be talking about how we can design our lives to give our brains freedom which then allows us to have more freedom to be who we want to be and show up the way we want to in the world our brains are incredible but if we don't understand and accept how our brains work, we often end up sabotaging our freedom and making it impossible to do what we want. And one way we do this is by expecting more from our conscious brain than it's capable of. According to Bob Nies, he's the author of The Power of 50 Bits, of every 10 million bits of information our brains process, only 50 bits of that is considered conscious thought. That means the prefrontal cortex, the highest functioning part of our brain and the part responsible for decision-making, focus, willpower, all those higher evolved functions, it only gets 50 bits out of every 10 million. And most of us are expecting way too much from that 50 bits. Another way we sabotage our freedom is by thinking our brains should be different than they are. If we struggle to get out of bed in the morning, maybe we think we should be able to just get up. Or if we struggle to exercise, maybe we think we should be able to just willpower through it. We think we should be able to multitask. We think we should be able to remember. We think we should be able to do it perfectly. We think we should be able to do it the best way. Thinking our brain should be different than it is and arguing with reality doesn't usually get us any closer to where we want. And often, it gets us further and further away. Luckily, we can strategically design our lives in a way that respects our brain's constraints. When we intentionally reduce the burden on our prefrontal cortex, it grants us the freedom to show up consistently, follow through on our goals, and live the life we desire. When we intentionally accept our brain as it is, we give ourselves the freedom to design ways to work with our brain rather than against it. Just for fun, think of your prefrontal cortex as a small cup that can only hold about 50 marbles worth of focus, decision-making, and restraint at once. Those 50 bits are precious resources. When demands exceed your brain's capacity, performance starts to slip. You may experience forgetfulness and absent-mindedness, impaired ability to control impulses, A lack of motivation and procrastination, difficulty regulating emotions and reactions, and poor decision-making and lack of concentration. Essentially, you lose access to the highest mental capabilities. Trying to force your brain past its limits results in frustration and often backfires. The key is respecting your 50 bits and purposefully organizing your life to make the most of them. So let's talk about some examples. I don't know how your brain works i don't know what your brain struggles with or how it impacts your life what i do know is that your brain is perfect just as it is there is nothing wrong with you i can only share different areas that i have found to be useful for my brain i want you to use these examples as jumping off points as you consider where your brain struggles where you are expecting too much from your 50 bits, and where you aren't accepting your brain exactly as it is. So here's some examples. First one is completing tasks in advance. When I have a deadline coming up quickly, my brain loves to freak out about it. Let's use this podcast as an example. I am recording this a full month before you will listen to it or watch it. Why? Because completing tasks far in advance of when I need them done completely eliminates the stress, pressure, and overwhelm my brain loves to create, giving me the freedom from these emotions and the freedom to be present in my life. These emotions are all optional, and I could just think different thoughts about recording the podcast, about writing my newsletter, about doing all the things that I do in my business that I do in advance. I could just think something else, and I could do it right before It's due right before this podcast is going to go live. I could record it right then if I was thinking thoughts that created awesome emotions that allowed me to do that in a way that felt like freedom. But I would rather spend my 50 bits on something else. We must manage our mind about some circumstances because sometimes that is our only option. But this isn't one of them. If I'm constantly using my 50 bits to think intentionally about all of the various deadlines in my life. Those 50 bits aren't available for other important things. Another option is to just accept that my brain doesn't lock deadlines and possibly never will, and just do the things far in advance. Giving myself breathing room eases the burden that my brain would otherwise create. And with that pressure diffused, my 50 bits can be devoted to more meaningful persons. So think about if this affects your brain. When you have a deadline, and I'm using deadline in quotes if you're not watching this on YouTube, because a deadline means any time we decide we're going to have something done. It doesn't have to be some official deadline, and it doesn't have to be about something big. What does your brain do with deadlines? Does your brain create pressure, stress, overwhelm, anything like that, like mind does? And if so, would you like to change what you're thinking about those deadlines so that you don't create those emotions? Or... Would you rather use your 50 bits elsewhere and change the way you're showing up for the deadlines? I love recording this a month in advance because it means that if things happen in my life, I don't get stressed out. If I go on vacation, if someone gets sick, whatever that may be, I don't stress out about it because I'm so far ahead that I know I've given myself ample breathing room. I don't have to take all those emotions with me. And again, I don't actually have to. I just know that's how my brain works. My brain loves to freak out about deadlines it is likely going to create stress, pressure, or overwhelm no matter what I do. So I could manage my mind about it using my 50 bits or I could save them for something else and plan differently. Here's number two, schedule important appointments. First thing, have you ever noticed how hard it can be to get going on your priorities for the day? But if you've made an appointment with say a client, a coworker, a trainer for early morning, you somehow manage to be there on time Most people find it easier to keep commitments to others rather than themselves. So we could work on that. We could work on how we are showing up for ourselves. And I do that oftentimes. There are other times where I just use the psychology to my advantage. So you can book appointments related to your high priority goals as your first task of the day. This effectively forces your brain to allocate focus where you want it. I have a coach friend who books a single coaching session at the beginning of every work day, even on days she isn't coaching. Maybe she's doing her marketing or something, but she books just one single appointment because it makes it easy for her to get up, get ready, and get into her office to start her work day rather than just dinking around for half the day before we finally get started. Whose brains are like this? We can plan our schedule to work with the brain we have. So rather than telling herself she should be able to get up and get going, she just accepts that this is how her brain works. And that means she can create a solution that works amazingly for her and her brain. There was a time when I did the same thing as a way to get out of bed. Before I was diagnosed with Lyme and I had no idea why I was suddenly exhausted all the time, I really struggled to get up in the morning. My alarm went off. I immediately felt like I'd been hit by a train And if I was only accountable to myself, the chance of me getting up was really low because it was really hard for me to use my prefrontal cortex when I was that tired. But it wasn't even a question if I had a coaching session scheduled. I just got up. Not only did it allow me to get up when I wanted to, it allowed me to do it without all of the drama, all of the brain energy that we spend battling with ourselves using the willpower, talking ourselves into or out of it, I didn't have to use any of that. Someone was waiting for me. I had to get up. I just did it. It made it really easy. Now, I could have told myself that I should just be able to get up. I've been doing it for years and I could have continued battling with myself day after day. But having a coaching session scheduled first thing, when I say first thing, I mean 6 a.m. I had coaching sessions scheduled at 6 a.m. because it made it easy for me to climb out of bed when I felt terrible because I'm the kind of person who shows up for other people. It was easy. We want to work with our brain rather than against it. Number three, batch similar tasks. Every time we transition from one task to another, we ask a lot of our 50 bits. Research shows that it takes about 23 minutes to regain focus after a distraction, even if that distraction is as small as noticing a notification on your phone. Jumping between different tasks saps our mental resources. Imagine that cup of marbles again. The more you switch from task to task, the more marbles are disappearing from your jar. Each transition forces your prefrontal cortex to reload new information. This slow switching cost drains your 50 bits. According to Daniel Levitin, he's a professor of behavioral neuroscience at McGill University, that switching comes with a biological cost that ends up making us feel tired much more quickly than if we sustain attention on one thing. Streamline things by batching together similar activities. Devote a block of time just to phone calls, for instance, and then another chunk for creative work without any task switching in between. And because we know that it takes 23 minutes once we've been distracted, do this as a focus time. Take your phone, put it in the other room when you have things that you want your 50 bits to be working well for you. So things that require focus, things that require creativity. We don't want to be distracted losing that 23 minutes. We don't want to be switching from task to task. If every time we do, we lose time and we lose brain energy. So batch things together. The way I do this in my business, I will do all of one thing, all at the same time. Maybe I'll block two to four hours, maybe with a break in between, because it also is very good for our brains to take a break about every two hours. But I will block all the same type of activity. Maybe I write four newsletters, all one after another. Maybe I record four podcasts, one right after another. I batch them together because it doesn't require my brain to switch from one kind of activity to another kind of activity. That is one way that I can... Safeguard those 50 bits. What we want to do is assembly line your responsibilities to preserve brain power. Thinking you should be able to multitask or switch from one thing to another just isn't useful. Let's accept that this is just the way that our brains work so that we can design a way to work with them. The next one, develop systems and processes. Deciding how to approach each task from scratch overtaxes your prefrontal cortex. The solution is to implement systems so certain activities can run on autopilot. For example, set up an automated bill pay system, create templates for recurring projects, maintain a routine for regularly scheduled chores, rely on habits and checklists. The more you can convert repeated tasks into a standardized system, the less they'll burden your brain. When I sit down to write my newsletter and record my podcast, I open up an extremely detailed checklist. I start at the top and I do all the items in order. Not only does this ensure that I don't miss any important steps, but it also means I can use all 50 bits to think about the content and creating for you rather than waste some of it on logistics. It gives me the freedom to use the best of my brain to create solutions to help people because I'm not wasting any of it. The next one, stop trying to remember everything. Use technology. In today's world, there is no reason to expect your brain to hold everything for you. And all those things you're trying to remember, use up your 50 bits. Anything you can put on auto will save your 50 bits for the things that are the most important to you. Like auto billing, auto payments, subscribe and save for the things you're always running out of and have to remember to buy. I don't ever have to remember to buy a dish soap or laundry detergent or garbage bags. So many of the things in my house, I just have them set on subscribe and save. I don't have to remember to buy all of them because I've just set it up to happen automatically, which frees up my brain, which means I'm more able to show up in my life the way I want to because I'm not trying to remember all of it. Set reminders on your phone. These could be daily reminders. I use the reminder app. They could be things that are way off in the future. I use my calendar app for that. There's tons of useful apps for this kind of thing. Use them. We all have phone in our pocket pretty much every second of the day. Use it. Use those things to offload things from your brain. Thinking you should be able to remember all of it, it just isn't useful. Because our brain has a lot going on. This is what I mean by expecting a little too much out of your 50 bits. 50 bits out of 10 Million are for conscious thinking. Let's not use those 50 bits on things that our phone can do for us. The next one schedule your to do list and your priorities. A running to do list takes so much space in your brain and uses so much of your 50 bits because your brain keeps thinking about everything on there until it is done. Alternatively, scheduling a time to do each of those things means you no longer have to think about them that does mean that you will have to follow your calendar. Otherwise, your brain won't believe they're taken care of and will continue to think about them until they're done. It's not the scheduling that saves your brain from thinking about it. Your brain has to believe that once it's on the calendar, you will actually follow your calendar and do it. If you are willing to do that, it frees up so much brain space and it frees up your brain to do the things that are the most important to you, which might not be, keeping track of every single thing on your to-do list. Maybe that is not the most important thing in your life. Let's free yourself up so that doesn't have to be where you spend your precious 50 bits. Scheduling your priorities gives you the freedom to be who you want to be and live the life you want to live without thinking about what that looks like all the time, which just uses more of your 50 bits. For example, if your subconscious is in charge, which it is most of the time, right? Because there's 50, which goes to conscious and everything else of that 10 million goes to your subconscious. If your subconscious is in charge, your time will largely be spent doing things that are not your highest priority. It will be the kind of life that you look back on and think, what on earth did I do with my life? That's what happens when our subconscious is in charge. Priorities require our 50 bits until we have programmed those priorities into our subconscious system, which we have the power to do. Scheduling will minimize how much of those 50 bits we use. If your marriage is one of your highest priorities, schedule time, dates, activities, whatever that is, with your spouse first before scheduling your to-do list. This means you won't have to use your 50 bits as frequently because it's already scheduled. You only have to think about it once. And you won't be turning over what's important to you to your subconscious. The next one, choose easy over best give yourself permission to do things the easy way rather than getting bogged down in doing it the quote right way. My first Qigong teacher had lots of ideas about what a proper Qigong routine should look like. And he had many thoughts about the people teaching it online for him that was doing it a subpar way, not getting as much out of it. And he thought the best way was to create your own routines using a very specific set of exercises. I didn't know anything about Qigong. I didn't know any better. I just trusted him. The problem with this was I had to remember everything. And remembering felt exhausting. So I was inconsistent with my Qigong. I dreaded doing it because I didn't want to do something that felt exhausting when I already was so exhausted. One of the reasons I started doing Qigong was because I was so tired. I wanted to create energy in my body. But thinking about having to remember each thing to do in a routine Felt exhausting. It was doing the exact opposite of what I wanted. So I decided that easy was better than best because it meant I would be doing Qigong every day. Consistent Qigong is better than inconsistent Qigong. So I signed up for a membership with someone online, and all I have to do is turn on a video and follow along. Now, maybe it's not the quote best way. That is still debatable because these are only my. Qigong's teacher's thoughts, I have no idea how accurate his thoughts are, but done is still better than perfect. By not expecting more of my 50 bits than my brain was capable of, I gave myself the freedom to experience the benefits of Qigong every day. I'm going to say this again. Give yourself permission to do things the easy way rather than getting bogged down doing it the right way way, or the best way, or the excellent way. You can fill in whatever word you want there. Lastly, do things you enjoy rather than things you dread. Let's take exercise as an example, because I know a lot of people, at least I've heard from a lot of clients, dread exercising. We all know that exercise boosts mental performance, but forcing yourself through workouts you despise backfires, because all of your 50 bits Focus on how much you hate burpees or running or whatever it is. You create a lot of dread. You battle with yourself. You deplete your willpower. Not only do you waste your 50 bits, but you also start avoiding exercise altogether. So you're not boosting your mental performance anymore. You're taking away from your mental performance. You're making it really hard to do the things that you want to do. Instead, for this example, you could experiment to identify physical activities that energize you and Don't require any of your 50 bits. Maybe that's a dance class or hiking or pickleball. The exercise you'll do consistently, because it's fun, frees up your 50 bits for more meaningful priorities. I love to exercise first thing in the morning. And after I got Lyme and was bogged down with that debilitating fatigue, I kept expecting myself to do things the same way I had always done them before. I should be able to, that's what I kept telling myself. This is where we start arguing with how our brain is working at the moment. This is to show you that our brains can change over time. We always wanna be checking in. Where is my brain at now? Where's my brain struggling now? What am I thinking I should be able to do or to, to do differently? When my alarm went off, it felt completely impossible to get up and exercise because I was so tired. Imagine having the energy to exercise when you don't have the energy to crawl out of your bed. I dreaded the alarm and I dreaded the exercise and I wasted so much brain power. Now, like this morning, I get up and I get into the sauna very first thing. It is so much easier to get up when all I have to do is change where I'm lying down. I removed the dread and I removed the need for willpower. And that gave me the freedom to get up when I want to, which is at 6 a.m. That's when I like to get up. I'm still taking care of myself. It gave me the freedom to do that. And it gave me the freedom to protect my brain so I can do what I need it most to do. So look for the areas in your life, any of these areas or any others I didn't mention. Because as I said, I don't know where your brain struggles. What we want to be looking for, I'm gonna give you these questions to consider. These are, This is what we wanna be looking for. Where are you consistently wasting your 50 bits? Where are you expecting more of your brain than it's maybe capable of because of the 50-bit problem? Where do you think your brain should be different, that you should be able to think or process differently or to show up in a different way? How can you make things easier on your brain so you have the freedom to show up the way you want to? It's time to respect our 50 bits. Most of what we do is run by our subconscious. Stop expecting your conscious brain to do more than it can with those precious 50 bits. Purposely put habits, behaviors, thoughts, and processes that you want into your subconscious system. And the way we do that is by doing it over and over and over and over again until our brain goes, oh, I think that needs to be in the autopilot system. We can put awesome things into our subconscious, into that autopilot system. We have to do it on purpose by repeating, repeating, repeating. Design your life to use your 50 bits wisely and set yourself up for success. Try incorporating some of the tips I've given you today to give your prefrontal cortex the space it needs to perform at its highest capacity. The more you can automate, streamline, and simplify, the more focus you'll have available each day to direct towards your most important priorities and living the life you want. Live free, love life my friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might want to check out my Live Free Love Life membership, where we actually do the work of creating freedom so we can love our lives. Go to com for details.